chapter number 54, verse number 17. Amen. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. It'll be formed, but it won't prosper. It'll be created, formed, and fashioned just for the purpose of taking you out, but it won't prosper. Tell your neighbor it won't prosper. I, I love this, uh, this verse as it continues on. It says, and every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. Every tongue, every, every backbiter, every persecutor, everyone that comes to speak against you. Watch this. The Bible says, and I missed it for so long. It says, every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment, thou shalt condemn. In other words, it's not something that God's going to do. He said, you got to condemn it. I missed that for so long, I thought God was going to be the one that condemned those who talk about me. I thought it was going to be God be the one that takes out those who, who come after me. But God says, every tongue that rises up against you, you shall condemn. And watch, it says, this is the inheritance of the servants of the Lord. Tell your neighbor, I have an inheritance. God has laid this up for you that you have this power to condemn every tongue that has come against you. And their righteousness is of me, said the Lord. That's what God says about you. Jump over to 2 Corinthians chapter number 10. All the way, we'll start in verse 3, we'll conclude at verse number 5. For though we live in this world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. I, I want to read that again till your soul get happy. The weapons we fight are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought that make and make it to make it obedient to Christ. Hear this. God has equipped you with supernatural weapons of divine power. Tell your neighbor I have divine power. Father, now in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the weapons of our warfare. We thank you for the divine power that we have through these weapons. Your word, our worship, and your spirit, God. God, we give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. It's in Jesus' mighty name we do pray. Somebody shout amen. amen. And amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Hear this, beloved. We're in a battle in this world. We may not see it, but we can't ever forget it's there. Tell your neighbor we're in a battle. Every day you wake up in the morning is a start of a new battle. Every day you wake up, it's, it's a battle. It's, 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 uh, you better be battle ready because every day you wake up, the enemy is looking to pick a fight with you. 
Every day you wake up in the morning, it's, it's, it's new warfare. That's why God says his mercies are renewed every day. In other words, God, he creates new mercies because he knows that the battle you're going to face on this day is not the same as yesterday. And the mercy you need in this day may be far greater than you need on yesterday. So he's got to give you new mercy. Got to strengthen you all over again. Give you enough strength for the battle for the course of this day. We're in a battle. Tell your neighbor, don't forget that you're in a battle. I want to give you some God reminders. Here's one of the God reminders. Uh, Stay aware of Satan's schemes. You have to stay aware of Satan's schemes. He has plans. He has snares and tolls he's trying to entangle you in and you have to always be aware of Satan's schemes you got to be aware of the tricks of the enemy because the enemy will come to trick you up in some cunning ways he'll come at you with a smile on his face no y'all quiet He'll come at you with a box of Krispy Kreme donuts. He'll he'll come at you in the form of a promotion or a raise. He'll come at you in the form of nice accolades telling you how good you look, how how you smell good, and all of that. Satan is very cunning. He'll come at you with a nice automobile. Yeah. He'll come at you with a brand new house. Satan is very cunning. So you have to be aware of Satan's schemes. Got to be aware he's cunning. Here's a God reminder too. You you have to live alert in this world. Have to live alert. Got to keep your eyes, your head on the swivel. Got to stay alert. Because if you keep your eyes to the ground, then you're going to miss what's before you. Got to stay alert. Got to stay alert. Here, here's another God reminder. Stay close to him. Tell your neighbor, you got to stay close to God. This, this is a reminder of God. He says, stay close to me. The scripture tells us in his presence is the fullness thereof. It's the pleasures forevermore. Stay close to God. I don't care what's happening in this world. I don't care what you're going through in this season. And I don't mean to diminish or to minimize what you're going through. But whatever it is you're going through, stay close to God. You may be struggling in your marriage, stay close to God. You may be struggling in your health, stay close to God. You may be struggling on your job, stay close to God. You may be struggling in your mind. Somebody better hear me this evening. You better stay close to God. Tell your neighbor, stay close. You got to stay close to God. So I want to talk to you real briefly from worship to warfare. Uh, You got to hear that this evening. From worship to warfare. God takes the children of Israel out of Egypt under the premise and the guise of worship. He tells Pharaoh through Moses, he says, let my people go that they may go in the wilderness and worship me. So they, they're, they're going through an exodus coming out of bondage and slavery up under the disguise of worship. But what God really is doing in this season is he says, I'm transforming your worship into warfare. I'm about to shift you from worship to warfare. 
Matter of fact, the scriptures defined their exodus as their coming out of Egypt. There was over uh, several million of Israelites coming out of Egypt, but he said they came out as an army. Now, here it is, some well worshipers who are going into the wilderness to worship their God, but God describes them as an army. <laughs> now, here's a people who were slaves their entire existence, who knew not warfare. They never shot a rifle. They never chunked a spear. They never pulled back the bow and released an arrow. They never had hand-to-hand combat. But God tells the worshipers that they're warriors. They're a mighty army. And I believe in this season, God is shifting us from worship to warfare. The, the city we live in now is up under so much turmoil. Uh, 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 it's, it's a battle, it seems like. Every waking moment, people are dying daily. Babies are dying. Children are killing children. Families are at odds with one another. It's just warfare. And God reminds us in the scripture that the weapons that we use are not carnal, but they're spiritual. He tells us the battle that we're in is not a fleshly battle, but a spiritual battle. And God wants to speak to us tonight through his scripture. Look in Exodus chapter number 32 and verse number one. We're going to go from worship to warfare. And in verse number one, here's the account of Moses and the children of Israel. And Moses is up on the mount worshiping God. In verse number one, it says, when the people saw that Moses was so long in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said, come make us gods who will be who will go before us. As for this fellow, my God, tell your neighbor, as for this fellow, as for this fellow, Moses, who brought us up out of Egypt. We don't know how, we don't know what has happened to him. All this time Moses was up in worship. Watch this, hear it. Here's a nugget for you. Don't become too comfortable with those who lead that you discredit them leading you out. Don't get so comfortable with those who have brought you into the place of peace. Don't get so comfortable with the people who have brought you out of bondage, who who prayed for you while you were in captivity, the people who labored with you while you were mourning over the loss. Don't get so comfortable with those who lead that you discredit them leading you. They said, this, this fellow Moses, the one who, we don't know what happened to him. We, yeah, old, that, that old boy Moses, you know, the one with the stammering tongue, the, the, the one who can barely talk. You know, we don't know what happened to him. So, so we need you to make us another God. And in verse number one, it says, when the people saw that Moses was so long in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron. Come make us gods who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses who brought us up out of Egypt, we don't know what happened to him. Now watch. They discredit Moses. And we cannot be so comfortable with those who lead us that we discredit them for leading us out. But we also 
We can't lose sight of the one who brought us out. They wanted another God. Moses led them out of Egypt, but it was God who brought them out of Egypt. And here it is. Not only are they discrediting Moses for leading them out, but they're also discrediting God for bringing them out. Don't lose sight of the one who brought you out. Keep your eyes on God. In verse number five, it says, and when Aaron saw this, he built an altar in front of the calf and he announced tomorrow would be a festival to the Lord. So the next day, the people rose early and sacrificed burnt offerings and presented fellowship offerings. Good God Almighty. It's amazing how they give more to a false God than the real God. It's amazing how church people will give more to secular things than godly things. Oh, y'all, y'all not going to like me right here. Uh, 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 we, we invest more in the world system than the kingdom system. We'll, we'll pay hundreds of dollars to go to a concert to sit in the nosebleed section, but we won't give a dime in offering time in worship. Oh, God. We'll dress to the nine to go out and dinner and to have a dancing good time, but we won't give nothing when it comes down to worshiping in the house of God. And they woke up the next morning early to present their fellowship offerings before this idol. They rose early. They got there before the crowd. They showed up even before the preacher showed up. ready to give an offering. And after they sat down to eat and to drink and got up to indulge in reverie, then the Lord said to Moses, go down because your people, God, God disowned the people, y'all. He said, your people, Moses, and they no longer mine. They came out by my name, but they got another name. So, Moses, you can have these people. I wish it was that easy. Just go ahead and just, God, take them. Them your people. Take them, God, them yours. Give me them, you take them. And he says, go down because your people, whom you brought up out of Egypt, have become corrupt. They have been quick to turn away from what I commanded them and have made themselves an idol cast in the shape of a calf. They have bowed down to it and sacrificed to it and have said, these are your gods, Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. I have seen these people, the Lord said to Moses, and they are stiff-necked people. (laughs) Now leave me alone so that my anger may burn against them and I may destroy them. Then I will make you into a great nation. God says, because of their rebellion and because they have refused to obey my commands, I'm going to wipe them out and start all over again. I'm going to wipe them out and start all over again. Now watch. The reason why we have to shift from worship to warfare, Moses has been on the mountaintop 40 days, 40 nights in God's presence. He's worshiping God so much so that he has been gone for so long, the people don't even know what happened to him. Moses is caught up in worship. Can I drop another nugget on you right quick? Don't get so caught up in worship that you forget about warfare. Uh, 
Because, see, worship will bring you into a space and a place, watch this, of utopia, where you think that everything is roses. You'll get so caught up in worship, you would think that everything is good. You'll forget all about all of the trials and the tribulations, and you'll forget all about the struggles you had before you came into worship. Worship brings you to a happy place. Yeah, I'm quiet. It, it brings you to that, that place and space in God where you think, man, everything is good. Oh, yeah. I'm talking about true worship. Have you ever got in worship so where you forgot all about the fact that the repo man was at your door knocking before you made it to church? Have you ever got so caught up in worship that you forgot there was eviction notice coming your way? See, worship will bring you into that space and place where you forget about all kind of stuff. You forget about the fact that you drove to church with no gas and you have no gas money. Worship will do that. Tell your neighbor, worship will do that. What worship will get you into that space in your head where you think, man, God's got it. Everything going to be good. <laughs> oh, yeah, God's got it. It's going to be okay. Worship will bring you there to the point where you forget all about the warfare. You forget about the fact that your spouse had just told you that it is over with. I don't want to be with you any longer. You will forget about the fact that you have this sickness or disease that the doctor has diagnosed you with. And you forget all about warfare. And God brought the children up out of Egypt. Watch this to teach them how to do war. He puts it up under the skies of worship, but he's saying to us tonight is don't get so caught up in worship that you forget that your worship has to be shifted into warfare, that your worship has to be a weapon to battle against the enemy, that you have to not only lift your hands in worship, but you have to lift your hands to do war. The church has to shift from worship to warfare. The church, hear this, has been worshiping, but we hadn't been warring. I'm going to say that again. We've been worshiping. We've been having some amazing worship experiences, but we hadn't been warring. We have come to have our um, emotions and uh uh, tickled and tantalized we, we, we come and we, we're good because the worship is high and people are running and being slain in the spirit and we're worshiping our God but we forget all about warfare and the church has been shut up in the church house and we've been worshiping and all of this but we forget about the warfare that's beyond the church so now we have good morning worship experiences but we forget about the warfare that's happening beyond the walls we forget about that there's a city that needs some worshiping warriors. We forget about there's a, a, a country that needs not only those who will worship, but will war on their behalf. We forget about the families who are struggling and going through things, and we come and we worship, but we don't war on their behalf. Our kids are struggling, and we're caught up in worship, but we're not warring on their behalf. It's time to shift from worship to warfare. The church has been stuck in his presence, but he is calling us to presenting. I'm going to say that a little bit louder for those of you in the back. We have been stuck in his presence, 
But really, God is calling us to presenting. What do you mean, apostle, presenting? We, we ought to take what we gain in his presence and present it to the world. But we're so caught up in the heavenlies. Paul said it this way. He said, don't be so heavenly minded that you know earthly good. Don't get so caught up in the heavens that you do nothing in the earth. Oh, you can pray five hours, but 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 can you slay a demon with your mouth? Can you slay a demon with your worship? Oh, oh, oh yeah, you can speak in tongues, but but can you cut down some devils beyond the church, y'all? You're ready tonight. And the church is calling, or the church calling is to present the presence of God. So we can't just get stuck in his presence. Oh, you hear me tonight. Verse 25 says, Moses saw that the people were running wild and that Aaron had let them get out of control. So he became so uh, controlled and so become a laughing stock to their enemies. So he stood at the entrance of the camp and said, whoever is for the Lord, come to me. And all the Israelites, all the Levites rallied to him. Then he said to them, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. Each man strap a sword to his side. Go back and forth through the camp from one end to the other, each killing his brother and friend and neighbor. My God. He says, go from end to end, killing brother and friend and neighbor. In other words, God says, draw a line in the dirt. For those who don't want to worship the true and living God, he says, go through the camp and wipe them out. Ooh, Jesus, that's strong. That's strong instructions. But God says there should be a distinction between those who worship him and those who worship false idols. That should be a clear line. And he makes a clarion call. He said, if you're on my side, stand on my side. But if you're against me, woe is you. And I don't care if it's your friend. I don't care if it's your brother. I don't care if it's your neighbor. Draw a line. Tell your neighbor, draw a line. Y'all remember growing up when on the playground when you always had that one bully. He'd draw that line in the sand. He said, I dare you to cross that line. You, 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 you remember that one bully, he, he put that chip on his shoulder and said, I dare you to knock it off? That, that's what God's saying in this season. He says, it's time to draw a line. And to dare the devil to come at you. Good God Almighty. Yeah. He says, draw the line, draw the line. And, and verse 28 says, the Levites did as Moses commanded. And that day about 3,000 people died. 3,000. Can I insert something right there as we take a dovetail? Uh, on the day that the commandments, Moses is coming down the mountaintop with the Ten Commandments. God had pinned with his own finger. When Moses heard the dancing and the shouting, he was so enraged that he took the Ten Commandments and he threw them and smashed them to the ground. <laughs> Moses was the first one to break the law. You'll get that on the way home. And he smashes the Ten Commandments. Watch this. The day the law was given, 3,000 people died. But the day the Spirit of God was given, 3,000 people were added to the church. Y'all missed that. When the law was given, 3,000 died. 
But on the day of Pentecost, when the Spirit of God poured out, 3,000 people were given eternal life. They were given everlasting life. When the Spirit of God comes in, life comes in. And 3,000 people died on that day. Then Moses said, you have been set apart to the Lord today. You were against your own sons and brothers. And he has blessed you on this day. Hear this, beloved. When you belong to Christ, the enemy never has the final word over your lives. You are secured in God's hands. That when you belong to God, you're secure. The enemy doesn't have the final say. I don't care what it looks like in your life. I don't care how grim it looks. You're secure. God has you. Tell your neighbor God has you. God has you. If we go back to verse number 11, watch in verse number 11, uh, jump back up to verse 11 in the same chapter. It says in verse number 11, but Moses sought the favor of the Lord, his God. Lord, he said, why should your anger burn against these people whom you brought out of Egypt with great power and a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians say it was with evil intent that he brought them out to kill them in the mountains and to wipe them off the face of the earth? Turn from your fierce anger. Relent and do not bring disaster on your people. Remember, God says, Moses, these are your people. But Moses turns back to the Lord and he gains favor with God and said, God, these are your people. In verse 13, it says, remember your servants, Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, to whom you swore by your own self. I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky, and I will give your descendants all this land I promised them, and it will be their inheritance forever. Conclude with verse 14, it says, then the Lord relented and did not bring on his people the disaster he had threatened. You know why? Because God is shifting us from worship to warfare. Somebody shout, he's shifting us. Somebody shout, he's shifting us. Tell your neighbor that he is shifting us. See, there's a shifting taking place. There's a shifting in my worship to warfare. There's a shifting from my praise to power. God is shifting us in this season to go from worship to warfare. He tells Moses, he says, Moses, I will hold back my disaster, but you have been caught up in worship so long that now it's time to shift into warfare. It's time to cut down some things now. Oh, y'all better hear me. It's time to wipe out some things. And there's some things that is coming against you in your life. And God is telling you on tonight is that you have to shift from worship to warfare. There's some enemy that's coming your way in this season. Holy Ghost, I hear you now. There's some enemy coming your way in this season. And God says it's time for warfare. You can't sit back and be quiet no more in this season. You can't sit on your hands no more in this season. You got to prepare your your hands for war because there's an enemy coming your way and if you get so heavily minded caught up in worship you're going to miss out on the war you get taken out you're going to get caught by friendly fire because your head is caught up in the clouds and before you know it your neighborhood is going to be at stake your city is going to be in shambles 
the nation will come to ruin. Why? Because the worshipers are so busy worshiping that there is nobody warring. And now listen, what I'm saying you, to you tonight is worship is important. It's very important. But don't just get caught up sitting at the feet of Jesus. That you forget there's still work to do. Oh, I, I know we talk about Martha and Mary and how Martha was so busy working. But catch what the scripture in the text says. It says that Mary was at Jesus' feet worshiping and Martha comes to Jesus and said, Jesus, you're not going to say anything to Mary? She is worshiping when there's so much work to do? You know what Jesus tells Martha? He doesn't rebuke Martha. He says this of Mary. Mary has chosen the better thing to do. (laughs) Wait a minute. She chose the better thing? So that means there's another thing. See, Mary was worshiping while Martha was working. And he didn't rebuke Martha for the work. He just said at this moment, Mary has chosen the better thing. And that's to worship. But there's still work to do. (laughs) Because if everybody would worship, then the work would never get done. So you got to learn how to shift. Between the worship and the warfare. Because if we all worship and get caught up, then who's going to be left behind to do the war? If, if, if we all show up just so that we can experience God's presence, but then who would be left behind to present his presence to the people? When will we shift from worship to warfare? To a point where now we take what we get in his presence and we take it and we present it what when when will come to the point where you take the word that has been given and you regurgitate it to a people who are thirsty and hungry and people who need it oh can i say this we have become so spiritually and word obese we have become fat on the word and worship to the point where now we won't even share it with nobody else. It's, it's called gluttony. That we want to just eat, 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 eat. We want to sit and soak up the presence of God, but we won't pour it out on nobody else. And we're wondering why the city is the way it is. I was having this conversation this morning, and, and in this conversation... The realization is there's a church on every corner. There there are churches next door one to another. Now with so many churches in the city, when there are so many churches in a community, how come there is no transformation? How, How come people are at odds and at war with one another when there are so many churches? I'll submit to you tonight is because we're so caught up in worship. We're so caught up in doing church that we forget the mandate of the church. 
Go ye therefore. Y'all better hear me tonight. Uh, we, we, we have a call on our life. And the call is to not just to stay here, but to go there. The call is not to get caught up here, but to present what we caught in here. It, it, there's a call and a mandate on the church that we should do more. No longer should we be pew warmers, but we should be people that will reach out in the streets and reach people. There's a mandate on the church. When we get caught up, we... Get caught up in our favorite seat in church and hanging around our favorite people and, and, and congregating and fellowshipping one with another. That we forget about the mission and the mandate that God has given us. We won't work. We want to give work. We don't want to give work. God is shifting us from worship to warfare. There's a shift taking place. There's a shift taking place. It's time to now war for our families. It's time to war for our marriages. It's time to war for our community. It's time to war for our city. It's time to war for our nation. It's time to war for our civic and, uh, civic and social leaders. It's time for us to war for our pastors and our president and our government. It's time to go to war. And God sends the children of Israel out of Egypt. He says that I want you to go and worship me. But really, he was trying to teach their hands to do war. Worship is really a training ground on how to battle spiritual forces. And God has already equipped you with supernatural divine power to demolish the enemy. But here's the thing. We rather lift our hands than to lift our weapons. We prefer to lift our hands in his presence. But we forget we got to lift our weapons in warfare. And God has given us weapons of warfare. But yet we hadn't indulged ourselves in war. There's a shift. God is shifting us from worship to warfare it's time to shift tell your neighbor it's time to shift come on tell your neighbor again it's time to shift it's time to shift your worship to another level it's time to shift your worship to a level of warfare that even demons will tremble and they will flee I'm, I'm, I'm excited because as God began to download this word into me about warfare he showed me that this season that we're about to enter into, there will be great casualties that will take place. There will be those who will stand under the guise or the disguise of those who say they are Christians. But they're going to be exposed. You know how they're going to be exposed? Through the worshiping warfare. It's going to be those who claim and proclaim themselves to be the inheritance of God. But when the warfare shows up, they're going to be exposed. Because instead of calling on the one and true living God, they're going to go back to the golden calf. They're going to go back to the world system. 
They're going to go back to what they are accustomed to. They're going to go back to what they're comfortable with. And instead of them standing in war, they're going to go in worry. And they're going to go to a place where they are comfortable. Because they can't handle the warfare. Remember, he said the weapons of our warfare are not corny. He said that the weapons formed against you shall not prosper. So there will be a weapon formed against you. But it won't prosper. But you got to stand in the day of adversity. That's going to be the telltale sign of those who are for God and those who are against God. It's because when warfare shows up, they're going to be those who tuck tail and run. But then they're going to be those who are going to stand up in the face of their enemy. And they're going to do war. So tonight, if you would, bow your heads with me all over the place. I believe that tonight is tonight God is shifting us from a place of worship to warfare and I believe there are individuals in this house tonight and even those who are online that will say tonight it's time for a shift in my life I've been coming church and doing church but I haven't lived out church I've been coming and I've been worshiping but I hadn't really been warring. I haven't really put my hands to the plow to do the war that God has called me to. Now watching the book of Judges, he said he left the enemy in the land to teach those who knew not war on how to do war. Oh God. So God, you're telling me you left enemies in the land? When you could have taken them out, but you left them there for the purpose of teaching me how to do warfare. Why there's so much sickness and murder and disease? God said, I left it in the land to teach you how to do war. I left it in the land to teach you how to do warfare. I left it there for a purpose. To teach you how to do war. So when war time comes, you be equipped. To war for your family. You'll be equipped to war for your freedom. You'll be equipped to war for your deliverance and your freedom. I left it in the land to teach you how to do war. You're here tonight. You say, Apostle, that's me. I I really, I'm a worshiper at heart, but uh, this this war thing, I, I, I don't know about this war thing. I, I, I mean, I don't mind worshiping God, but there's a battle far greater that I've been going through and I've been challenged and I've been struggling with it. And, and I will say to you tonight, it's you that God is speaking to. He, he, he's uh, permitting you to go through what you're going through because it's training ground. It's teaching your hands on how to do war. I don't have peace in my mind. I'm struggling. He said, you're going through what you're going through. So I can teach you how to do war over chaos and confusion. So you're here tonight. You find yourself in a battle. You're a worshiper. But the question tonight is, are you a warrior? Are you willing to enter into warfare for the sake of God's people? So I'm going to give an appeal tonight to those who are here in the sanctuary and for those of you online tonight. Here's the appeal. Because the line in the sand has been drawn. Are you for him 
or you're against it. So you're here tonight and you would say, I need to go deeper beyond my worship to a a higher level of warfare. I need to go beyond just a Sunday morning worship experience into the training grounds of warfare. I'll start there. If that's you tonight, you've been lacking in your warfare. You've been lacking in your praying, interceding. You've been lacking in warfare for your family, for your community, for your church. Have you been warring for your church? Have you been crying out before the Lord? Have you gone throughout the camp? frontwards and backwards to slay those who are uttered a word against your church? Have you drawn the line in the sand? If that's you tonight, you, you've been lacking in warfare. But you would say, tonight I want to be trained in warfare to war on behalf of God's people. I want to enter into warfare to see victory for God's people. That's you tonight. That's my first appeal. My second appeal is for those of you who have been warring, but yet you have grown weary. You need the strength of God to come upon you. I want to pray for you. And then my next appeal is to those who are struggling in their relationship with God. You've been struggling in your relationship with Him. God is calling you into alignment tonight off of those three appeals. Maybe you're a sinner, backslid, done some things and need to get right with God tonight. He's calling you back into the fold tonight. Those four appeals, if one of those are you, would you lift your hand in the air if that's you? I see you, sir. I see you, ma'am. I see you, ma'am. I see you, young lady. I see you, ma'am. I believe there's another that will say tonight is the night. It's warfare time. It's warfare time. This is a time of war. It's not a carnal battle. It's not a physical battle. The Gospel of John chapter 4 says, The hour cometh and now is that they that worship will worship in spirit and in truth. They will war in spirit and they will war in truth. It's warfare time. That's you tonight. Whether it's you online. If that's you, hashtag warfare. If that's you online tonight. Anyone else will say tonight is the night. I'm entering to a new level of warfare through my worship. If that's you, I see you, sir. Anyone else? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. If you would, stand to your feet all over this place. For those of you online tonight. Again, hashtag warfare, if that's you. Warfare. Warfare. There's a shift taking place. We're going from worship to warfare. We're going from worship to warfare. We're going from worship to warfare. Father, now in the name of Jesus, for everyone that lifted their hands, I thank you now, O God, that you're moving mightily in their lives. 
I thank you now, God, that you have shifted these, your people, from a place of worship into warfare. For worship is our weapon. It is your choice of weapon in warfare. So let us not get stuck and caught up with our heads in the cloud, just worshiping that we're no earthly good. We're no good for the battle. We're no good for the warfare. So God, now, fix our heads. Set our eyes as flint. That we'll stay focused on you, O God. So Father, tonight, I bless you and I thank you for what you're doing in the lives of your people. And Father, now, as we go as worshiping warriors to do war against the enemy, I thank you tonight, God, that you go with us. It's in Jesus' mighty name we do pray. Somebody shout amen. Shout amen again. Can you give the Lord a hand clap of praise if you would? Hallelujah. We thank God for each of you on tonight. I give God glory for all of you. Thank God for those of you online. I pray that the Spirit of God arrest you in your homes and that you will shift from worship to warfare on tonight. It's a moment, an opportunity that we have to fund the battle, to fund the war, <laughs> that we all get to participate in our giving. Every seed that you sow. A hand clap of praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Slap high five with your neighbor. Say we're shifting to uh, warfare in this season. Amen. Hallelujah.